three lives down. You got enough in there to finish me off? One way to find out. Gross. Not good. Pain. Mario Brothers Plum, no league too small. Fatality. All right, we're getting it started. Uh, got with me, Patrick, today. Yo. And uh, somebody over there on the phone line. Is that you? That's me. What's up? Stop menstruating. Try Ryan. Keep it together. I like how I like how Patrick whispers to me. Tardily gay. Yeah, like that. I believe that was uh, Seth whispered to you that time. Tardily gay. Fucking teabag, man. I can't tell since your voices are both so damn manly. Cock solid. That's right. Fucking cock solid, man. Alright, we've got gamer. Um so let's start. This is not necessarily based off a video game. Right? So uh but it's kind of based on the idea of online gaming taken to another extreme. Specifically shooters, and I would say maybe like the, the Sims. Sims. Yeah, something like that. So I figured we could at least get into part of the games that inspired this movie and just our experience with them. So, uh, Patrick, why don't you go ahead and, uh, you know what? I think you started with Castlevania. Ryan, why don't you go ahead and talk a little bit about any shooters, any experience you had, things like Call of Duty and stuff, or anything you've done like with The Sims or something like that? Um, I can honestly say I've never really played The Sims. Um, I've had people who talked about it a lot. Uh, didn't really see see my forte. Um, Call of Duty was never my thing either. But as far as first person shooters, uh, Doom. Um, I'm a big fan of Doom. Yeah, that's kind of really our first uh, first time we've seen like online death matches, which is kind of what this is really based on. Is like online death matches. Uh, the movie almost seems to kind of, if you want to pinpoint a movie that might have inspired it, maybe like Death Race or something like that. With this movie? Yeah, the gamer. But it's the idea of prisoners, you know, a free for all battle. The winner gets to get out of prison for free type of deal. Um, I, I was going to say more like The Running Man. Yeah, that actually is a better analogy for it is the running man but uh as far as like the video games pinpointed doom is a good one as far as just you know deathmatch stuff um you know i would think more along the lines of like call of duty and things like that uh have you had much experience with like call of duty or you just really kind of been bigger into doom i've been more bigger much bigger into doom and wolfenstein and of course goldeneye yeah i think goldeneye is probably at least everybody at this table may be one of the biggest um, shooters that we might have had death matches with. Not online with people from across the world, you know, but like just getting people in a room, split screen, let's go. Who's going to get the fucking golden gun and don't play with our job, right? Our job is cheating. Cock solid. That's right. But... Um, yeah, so Goldeneye, I think, would probably be my first as well. Just experience is like a deathmatch. So yours is really Doom, I would think, because Doom had came out before uh, 007, Goldeneye did. But my first experience, I think, that I really played was Goldeneye. So jumping off of yours, Ryan, that that's kind of where I, I felt like, because that's what, playing that is what actually got me to get a Nintendo 64. My parents finally bought me one of those. And then, you know, I'd have people come over and just play the hell out of that fucking game, Goldeneye. How about you, Patrick? Yes. Many, many nights were lost to Goldeneye. People would come over to my house during the daylight, and when they would leave, it was next day daylight. Mm, it was right. very much the best times. That's right. Um, 
Call of Duty and stuff, as the shooting genres evolved, uh, I mean, I went on with Halo. I would say Halo is actually really one of the first times we've seen the the mechanics of, like, the double uh, thumbsticks kind of being able to, you know, look around the way that you are. And um, Halo was the first time we've seen consoles really get to do online shooting against each other. And um, so Halo, I think, is very big to, to talk about here. And I got taken with Halo. And I played Halo 1, 2, 3. But I never really got into the online scene of it all. And this movie does seem to pick at the online scene of it all. Particularly the negative side to that. As opposed to what you know could be positive about that as well. Um and then as far as the Sims go, they too take it to a negative place where it's basically just um, uh, like a whorehouse in, in a sense. <laughs> you know, it's just specifically focused on like sex and things like that and what you could do with a human who gives control of their body to you. And, you know, so, but it's interesting concepts. But that's, that's some on the game. For me on Sims, I never, I played a little bit, but I know, I'm kind of like Ryan. I never really got into Sims. You played a little more of it. Guys? I played The Sims, and then um, I I do own Sims one, two, and three, and four, uh, but more for my wife. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I played The Sims. I know how to play, what it is. Uh, I'm glad to see the movie didn't do what people do in The Sims, where if you don't like a character, you just build a swimming pool, take away the ladder, and they swim around till they get tired, eventually drown and die. <laughs> uh, so that would have been funny if that was in the movie. Mm. And they they did have a Sims Online, which basically turned into like a whorehouse mm. uh, when that came out. So it was short-lived Sims Online. Didn't play that because, you know, what yeah. do you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Cock solid. Do that. Um, yeah, I never really got into any of that stuff. <clears throat> so, but... <clears throat> anyways, changing gears into the movie now. Uh... This movie came out in 2009, and you could kind of feel it. Like, I feel like this is kind of an older look at, like, online gaming and things like that. I don't know if this is really how we perceive gamers nowadays. But then again, I could be skewed in the fact that I'm a little more entrenched in it, where uh, I listen to a lot of different podcasts and listen to different people talk about this kind of stuff, whereas looking at it from maybe more of an outside approach... You know, a lot of times the the negative stuff is what you do here, gamers. You know, you know, tea bags and you know, you know, just fuck you and the competitive nature of it all, which is there, but it's almost become more organized now as we've gone into esports and gone into it almost like a more professional degree, like especially even things like Call of Duty and stuff like that, where this was before a lot of that stuff really was as popular as it is today. And so they were looking at it as in, like, it just devolves into madness. Somebody, you know, is able to allow you to access other people and then play out your little fantasies or play out these battle royale type things with actual people. So, I mean, it's it's a fun thought experiment type movie, I think, to go into and just have, like, a fun action movie. And I think they deliver on fun action movie. But if you try to pick anything else apart of this movie, it it doesn't hold up well. <laughs> it doesn't really hold up well at all. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to let you go ahead. What are some of your uh, first thoughts about uh, the movie and, and things like that? Well, I won't lie. It did have uh, a good opening that had my attention uh, with Marilyn Manson's Sweet Dreams cover. Yeah. So I was kind of immediately sucked into the movie. And then it just went all kinds of different shots with all kinds of different nonsense. It's good to point out right before you go further that the directors of this movie were the same ones who did Crank and Crank 2. So. Well, since you put it that way, this makes sense. Yeah. Because... I had to take a handful of crank to watch this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, we just jumped right into the action. And um, 
I mean, it's a bunch of Call of Duty, Battlefield type of stuff. And, and of course, it focuses on Gerard Butler's character, Cable, who is a death row inmate. And you can first see that line of having the kid um, controlling this character. And I kept thinking to myself, okay, I guess this is going to be cliche to where first is just a game, but then somehow they, they form some type of friendship doesn't happen. Hmm. Yeah. The, the, the kid almost feels like an afterthought. Um, cause I actually, he doesn't even show up to almost the halfway point of the movie. Cause like when you, when you see it first open up and them playing, like you don't really see that kid. And then after the first scene where it's like an action scene and they're, they're going through a round and you know, castle wins. Yay. Um, it then cuts over to, a news broadcast that's that's going out. In fact, I've got some of it here where we get our first meeting into Castle. Now, Castle is um, is the guy who created the game. Um, Michael Michael yeah. C. Hall from Dexter? Yes, that's actually his... his uh, wait, let me make sure I got that right. Uh, pulling up the character's name here. Yeah, Cable is, is Gerard Butler's character. Cable's the guy running around doing the goddamn thing. Ken Castle is Michael C. Hall's character, and he's the one who created um, Slayer and Society. Those are the two like online games where people have these things inserted in their brains that allow an outside person on a computer to like control their behavior. And you pay to play, and you get paid to be controlled. And that's the kind of mix. So I've got a little bit of it here. I'm going to play on top right now. And then we can kind of dive forward into this, and I'll get, Patrick, your thoughts on this as well. Bob, are you aware the castle has clocked exactly one media appearance date, and that was Walter's last interview before she died nine fucking years ago? Stop menstruating and just tell me whether we fucking have it. We fucking have it. Good. Yeah, so that's the beginning part right before we get into to what I'm about to play next that... I want to play that up top because it, it shows that apparently this guy's supposed to be a recluse, right? Nine years, hasn't made any real TV appearances. Because when you hear him on there, it doesn't sound like he's a recluse at all. And as I play it, I really get the vibes that he is like Lex Luthor from the Batman vs. Superman. Like that's almost his personality type. Slayers. Slayers. <laughs> Why isn't it murder? Gina, when's the last time you saw somebody volunteer to be murdered? I'm sure you know that every last one of our Slayers is a bona fide death row inmate. Each one offered the chance to participate as an alternative to their sentence. You stay alive for 30 sessions, you get set free. That's not a bad goddamn deal. And has any of these men or women actually survived long enough to be set free? Well, I'd remind your audience that Slayers was put together with the full cooperation and approval of the United States federal government, that the revenue it produces is responsible for funding our entire prison system, keeping the bad guys behind bars, and that the prop was voted for by a cock-solid 68% of the American public. In an election tainted by suspected digital fraud. Let's talk about the so-called genericons sent into the Slayers environment with a set of pre-programmed actions with no one controlling them and no way to react their chances of survival are next to nil there's plenty of men and women in prison who could never cut it as slayers shouldn't they be given the same chance roll the dice for a ticket out besides they only need to survive one session right now i do find it interesting because i kind of missed that on my first watching that there are basically npcs that walk around the slayer area and apparently all they got to do is survive one session and they get free because you know they can't really fight and stuff the Slayer's got to survive like fucking 30 of them. <laughs> but You know what this movie felt like to me? Huh? It felt like if I had the option on PlayStation to play Metal Gear Solid VR. Um, no, I don't know if I'd give it that. Metal Gear's a lot of sneaking around, a lot of like, it would really feel more like if they gave you the option to play like uh, one of these battle really, royales like PUBG really or was like was that. was Metal Gear Solid Four sneaking around. Metal Gear Solid Four, 
That was yeah. just running from cutscene to cutscene. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about just these kind of cutscenes, the way the movie was edited together. Okay. With the nanomachines. Yeah, um, yeah, the nanomachines. But um, did they ever produce, did they ever put in Metal Gear like, oh, we can control you with the nanomachines? Or was it just like enhancements? Because I thought I always took it as like enhancements. Like, for instance, Vamp is a character that like he can heal himself and like he's like this vampire like I mean, wasn't, wasn't Liquid Ocelot able to control people at some point with the nanomachines? I don't think so. Uh, spoilers for Metal Gear Solid 4, uh, but you should have played that by now if you haven't. Uh, but uh, Revolver Ocelot was pretending to be uh, Liquid the whole time. Pretending, put on this charade that the arm was controlling him. But it comes out in 4 that it wasn't. And everybody else that was like working under him or whatever, there was nothing that ever said... The nanomachines were being used to control him. But th- that does end up happening at the end of this movie where uh, Ken Castle does have control of like uh, a bunch of people who, um, who I guess, work for him or whatever. Because he does have this scene here where they, they start doing the song. And, uh, <laughs> and he starts doing the dance number, which is insane. And he has all his minions dancing and doing what he's doing because he can control it's, them that's bad enough he had this over-the-top southern yeah. plantation owner accent and that's what you hear <laughs> that's what you hear in the in the in the clip too is that he does this weird southern accent and typically when you're talking about somebody from like silicon valley you're talking about somebody who's a tech guy a lot of times they're from like california it seems to be the case, maybe even up in Washington or something like that, or just somewhere over on that coast of things, right? And for him to do a southern accent was was a choice. I don't know yeah, where the choice came from. Maybe he was putting it to this guy is basically a slave owner because these people are mind slaves. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's thinking, where are slave owners from? The South. I, I yeah, that's where I they're from. Just... Right, 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 right. <clears throat> So I kept thinking he was like some Texan oil tycoon who's funding this thing at first. Then realizing he's the one who created it, I'm like, really? Yeah, it's kind of weird. He he would come off better as somebody who was funding the operation, not coming up with the operation. That 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 does feel kind of weird that uh he does that. So uh, just to finish up though, that was a bit about so they tried to do a lot of deposition right there in the beginning with this news uh, broadcast thing, this like interview with them, where they first try to address like, oh, why are people okay with this stuff happening? And it's like, oh, it's a it's a prison thing. It funds prisons. It, it helps keep people locked up, and it gives them a chance to get free, even though they're on death row. And so there's like a boom, boom, boom number of things that it just ticks off to to give you the deposition you need as a viewer of like. Oh, that's why this happens in the world. Then they also give you this on what it does to the brain. So, Mr. Castle, how the hell does it work? It begins with a single nano cell planted in the motor cortex of the brain. This cell can replicate, replacing the cells around it with perfect copies. And these copied cells contain remote access functionality. Therefore, nano plus cortex equals a nanax. Isn't it true that every human that undergoes this procedure will have a distinct IP address, like a mobile device or notebook computer? Uh, similar, yeah, but control is strictly localized to the parameters of our gaming environments. You take society, for instance. Once a cast member has left the workplace, they are completely free from the control and monitoring of their player. Oh, well, that's a relief. Well, to some, maybe. To some. you suspect a good many folks wouldn't mind a nitty bit of control uh, uh, someone else making all the decisions for you no tough choices no responsibilities think about it we will and it kind of goes on there from there but so it's just this little thing in the brain that allows people to take control of you but it's supposed to be isolated to certain like barriers in that like the slayer arena and the um society arena now i think this movie could have been split into two movies like we could have did a movie just on society because there's like a lot of interesting things you can actually dig into with a movie like that 
it really just becomes kind of a, a footnote. Like it's just a thing that's there, and it's something that um, Cable's wife is kind of dealing with. Because like uh, you know, basically, it's almost like legalized prostitution <clears throat> in a way, where you get control of your body, somebody else, and like of course we get the super gross fat guy who's sitting without a shirt on the dipping. ultimate gaming stereotype yeah he's dipping waffles he's dipping, waffles, he's dipping waffles into a bowl of syrup yeah, pretty amazing so and thank you windows for that i appreciate you uh constantly notifying me and making noises but um yeah yeah it was pretty great it's just this guy just using waffles as finger foods just <laughs> dipping it. why don't you yeah, oh yeah, no, of course. That's how all my days go, man. I mean, that's when I was like 270. I was just like using waffles as finger foods, just dipping <laughs> no. it into bowls of syrup and just going. No, down. my thing is. Just rubbing it on uh, my dick until I came, man. That's it. I love this job. Yeah, that's right, man. I know one thing I took away from it from the fact that he was like shirtless the entire time. I'm thinking that's what I was missing. Yeah, that's right. That is what you were missing, man. Get your life together, you know? That's what we got to do here. But, um, fix that there. But anyways, uh, so this, um, there, there's a lot of interesting things here, but it's, it really tries to focus on just being an action movie and looking at it as uh, these are the directors of crank fucking get it right. It's just an action movie. It's casual. What what, what are some of your thoughts on it? Um, Patrick, uh, it was, I think it, it, it tried to tie like too many things in together. Like, so you had the um, the guy who was controlling him, the the kid who was controlling him. Then you had the character who was controlling, and that was all tied in the castle. And it was it's like they were sitting in a room and they were writing this, and whoever yeah, wrote yeah. it, and they, like they had just come up with an idea. And what if what if the the nanobots made him kill his best friend, and that's why he's got that on him? It's oh yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, write yeah, that yeah. in there, and yeah yeah yeah. And like the thing with the kid too is like even in the end when the kid gets control over him again it's never really did is he the one who helped him kill him or it's the kid could have been taken <clears throat> out of this fucking movie I don't, I don't understand the purpose of the kid other than just to be the gamer controlling cause or I feel like if you know he survived all these yeah Cable survived all these is like the kid's really the all star he's the one that's making him survive because when yeah, yeah. the kid finally gave him control he quickly realized oh shit I'm not you know he just ran out of there. Like, well, the thing was, they tried to make a point here that, like, uh, which, again, when you're playing online, it's an issue where you got delay, button delay kind of thing. They call it ping. Like, it takes a second for the right. response to, to get through. So they put, um, uh, what's his I don't know what his name was in it. I don't know if they gave him a name in the movie, but um, Terry Crews' character, Hackman, that's what they called him. Uh, they put him in there, and the thing was, like, he had... Uh, yeah, the one scene that inspired all of Ultron. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one. He did the whole puppet speech. No strings on me. <laughs> In fact, I actually think I got the whole thing here. It's funny, too, because this scene here, apparently it was Terry's idea. They wanted a scene, hey, and he was like, hey. I'll do it naked. <laughs> I bet he will. That's right. I just killed someone. This is the blood. Look. He's back here. Want to see? Now you're heading on straight. I'm gonna kill you too on Sunday. Yeah, probably. That's why they put me here. I've got no strings. I've got no strings. So I have fun. I'm not tied up to anyone. They've got strings. But you can see. There are no strings on me. You got two whores, Cable. Fuck you say? On the outside. I'm sorry. I meant your pretty girls. Yeah. It just goes into it right there. I like the no strings. Right. I feel like his character was just another 
idea. What if we had somebody who wasn't controlled, but then ultimately he was controlled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's because there's that scene at the end where he's just playing basketball in the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's, another, it's another instance of Terry Crews dancing in a movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You've always got to have him busting a move in a goddamn movie. That's right, man. And I feel like because you know you about Terry Crews. There are no strings <laughs> on me. Like That's you, right. Like you said, it was his idea to. To, oh, I'll do the to scene be naked. naked. Yeah, I'm sure I was he does that There's for a... every show and every scene he's in. They're like, "How can we do this better? Let me do it naked." Yeah, and they're like, "No, it's, it's this is a family." I just take my clothes off. This man. is the Terry cool. Crews show. It's on the Disney Channel. It's family. You can't no, be no, naked. No, 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 no. I just take my clothes off, man. It's cool. It's cool. Is Don't this, worry about it. Is this how he got the gig for Old Spice? I hope so. I, I, I hope so. I like to believe that. Uh, but no, there's actually a podcast who actually covered this movie as well. How did this get made? Um, it's kind of one of the ones that inspired me on how to do this one. And uh, they covered this movie too because they're uh, they're big fans of the directors here, which is uh, Mark Neveldine, I believe. And uh, uh, what's the other? His bro- I think it's like a, I don't know if they're brothers or they're just friends, uh, but Brian Taylor. And uh, they're the co-director. In fact, they're the, the directors, the writers, and they're the cameramen. They do like all of it. They've done it all with Crank, and they've done it all with this movie. And they go for the crazy shots. They actually have some great shots. Like this is not a bad looking movie. The action scenes aren't bad, and like even in, like in the Crank movies and stuff. I mean, they are jumping out of helicopters and like doing all types of crazy shit to just get a a, a type of scene or a footage or whatever of something in a moment that you know you typically wouldn't get from a cameraman who's not gonna go that kind of distance and also the cameraman is the director so they they know kind of what they're wanting to get right um i couldn't find a specific interview and i could be wrong but i want to say this movie though i heard that they kind of were drinking a lot and were like kind of really in and out of this movie like i heard this movie was had some problems because they were kind of loose on the set and uh they kind of got the shit together for crank 2 and really put out something but i could be wrong but uh, someone, but like um, these guys though. I I mean I'm fans of them. I I liked Crank. I like Crank too. Like they're bonkers crazy. They're not they're not gonna be good quality movies. But see this one, I felt like at times it comes off silly, but then at other times it feels like it's very serious about its tone, like wanting to present a message. And I, I don't know if they should have, or I don't, I, I don't like it because some of the concepts here can be really deep, like society, even Slayer, and you could dig into them in a real philosophical way and have a movie that speaks something. They clearly weren't really wanting to do that, but they almost felt like they kind of wanted to. Like it was like almost like a mixed thing. Like they felt like they wanted to make a statement on something, but then you have Michael C. Hall doing a dance number, and you know, or you have Terry Crews naked talking about there's no strings on him and all this kind of stuff. So I mean, you know, one side you get some serious thing about oh people are controlling, you know, women and men in here, but then you just a lot of fucking tits and like just sex shit and all that kind of stuff. There's not graphic sex scenes in here but there's a lot of like there's a clip where the kid is pulling up his computer screens and there's a bunch of porn images that pop up and yeah stuff like that and um i like that uh somebody tries to buy uh these two girls try to buy from him the ability to control cable and um it's funny because their name is cum dumpster uh, or come dumpsters <laughs> with a Z it's, at the uh, end. Two, uh, <laughs> two British twins. Yeah. Uh-huh. They do they, lose points because they had little kid nipples. Yeah. I wasn't too much a fan of that. They're I was like, hoping that they tits. were of age. <laughs> yeah. They're they're like, hey, you want to see our yeah. tits? Yeah. Now sell us cable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was that was, that was how that went down. So, uh, I mean, again, there's some there's some good ideas here too, but I felt like... Uh, on a smaller scale, this could have been a very interesting movie. On a larger action scale, it's fun, but I I don't know if it, it just doesn't reach the crank levels of of crazy and fun that I feel like Crank gets. Like there was just like I felt like in one side they were wanting to say something, and on another side they wanted a fun action film, and they just didn't blend the two well, like you know pretty well together. And a lot of things fall apart. Like there's an ending thing where the kid like uh, so. 
to get into the plot of this, in case anybody hasn't watched the movie, I mean, um, Michael C. Hall, King Castle, he's built this empire on slayers and society. Basically, they say he's richer than Bill Gates overnight is one of the statements made about him, which is insane, but, you know, whatever. And they're wanting to take him down. He he tested on, on cable because he was a military guy, and they were actually testing this tech before they released it out. And it's basically he wants to cover it up, but I don't know why then you let Cable stay alive and play in the Slayer game. If you're wanting to cover it up, you if just you kill him. control him, just make him kill himself. Yeah, just make him kill himself. So there's a lot of weird things like that. It just I feel like that was an sense. afterthought of like, hey, let's tie these two characters together. Yeah. Like they have something yeah, yeah. between them. I feel like a lot of this movie was they came up with it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I feel, yeah, that actually would make a lot of sense for this movie. And then I think even society might have came up afterwards too. Like, wouldn't it be cool if they did this thing too? <laughs> and then like they did some stuff with that and some of it's cool but a lot of it just doesn't hold up well as a movie like the ending too where i'm getting to is when they finally have the final battle scene because you know of course cable gets out oh no he's gonna get exposed because he's really more villainous character not a you know tech you know this kind of tech guy working with the government and shit like that like he said on the news thing um he goes over there and they're fighting and he's like controlling him and then all of a sudden there's this like scene, you know, like almost like where the hero's about to lose, but then, you know, he gets this umph of uh, inspiration or whatever. Well, that the, kid the kid pops kid up at the sc- end and he's like starts controlling him. And I was like, wait, what? Why? How? What, so what, what, it what is, purpose is this? Ca- Castle has it in his brain. He has the bots that can send signals but not receive them. So technically he can control people that have the receivers in their heads. Yeah. So then the kid gets access to his computer and uh, cable, and is like, "Does that override the control in the room?" I I have no clue. That was weird. I don't understand it. And it was like just, well, we introduced him. He's got to be part of this some way. So here, let's put him in here. It's, it's like, like the the person who gave the kid control back was the the news lady. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, but but this is the other thing too. In the beginning. She looked like she was ready to fuck Castle. Right, like, she did. Because <laughs> he was, like, talking to her about, like, control and things like that. And she was obviously wet. Oh, yeah. And then he was like, you know, maybe I need to breach your firewall. And she was like, oh, you're bad. <laughs> but then she's, like, being a crusader for the good and, like, wanting to fight back and help out the humans, which is... Right, and you didn't even mention Ludacris yeah. and his team of hackers. <laughs> It was like, hey, did you spin off from the fastest? This was the second video game movie Ludacris is in. Oh, yeah? What's the first one? Max Payne. Ah, yeah, that's true. He is in that. But in this one, it feels like he's reprising a role. Like, I feel like this could be a spinoff movie from Fast and the Furious where Luke, <laughs> Ludacris' character <laughs> like handles this situation before he goes back to help out freaking Vin Diesel and shit. <laughs> and you talk about the cum dumpsters. Yeah, is it humans with a Z? Human. Yeah, they all are using a Z instead of an S. They couldn't yeah. come up with a better name for uh, a group of people that are fighting for human rights. Yeah, yeah. Humans. The humans. Yeah, no. I don't know about you guys, but it took me a while to realize that that was Gerard Butler's wife was the avatar that that fat dude was controlling. Once they showed her to go try and get custody back of her daughter, yeah, they're like, yeah. hey, you're you're you basically an online rich. whore. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then and that's another thing too. Castle adopted his daughter. It's like how you you're weaving all these people together and it's like you're just making shit up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um I don't know, man. The movie doesn't hold up very well as a whole. Some of the action scenes intertwined are fun. The idea of the movie is fun. But at the end of it, it, it really does it really does fall apart. And even as an action movie, it's still not as good. There are some fun stuff like Michael C. Hall doing the dance number and then having a little fight scene there. It's just it's just weird. It just comes out of nowhere. That was a shout out to the greatest parts of Spider Man three. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. It makes a makes a whole lot of sense. Um, um Yeah, go this, ahead. can I mention something mm-hmm. from that movie? Very quick. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Go ahead. Uh, well, well, just two things, but they're small. One, uh, I did notice a lot of familiar faces in this movie that had like really brief cameos. Mm. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, there was a few. I'll name one off the bat. I know uh, was uh, the guy and the girl from Psych. Um, those two, they were actually a couple in Psych, and they were both like newscasters in one scene in this movie. So I thought that was kind of funny. That was kind of cool. What other uh, cameos? Because there was a lot. What other cameos did you notice, Ryan? Lloyd Kaufman. Okay. Lloyd Kaufman is the creator and director of like all the really early trauma films. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm about to say I know that name from somewhere. All right. Well, what did he play? What was he in? The, uh... He had a very small role during one of the action scenes where you saw this old man run into a a, 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 sh- a metal shutter, and he's just running yeah. into it. Okay. All right. Who else? Um, well, Ludacris would have been one of them, but we've already covered and established that one. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bunch of them I was just pointing out during the movie, but now thinking about it, it's like, oh, uh, I probably just lost interest. Yeah, uh, John Leguizamo was in here. He was kind John, of... Yep. He That's was, he was a little... Was about. He wasn't as much of a cameo. He had a small part... Uh, he ends up dying. He's one of the NPC characters that tries to play around and, and gets killed. And like they try to build up some kind of like you care about this character because he talks to Cable and he's like just ranting about things and he's like, Oh, it's a weird, you know, lovable guy and then he gets killed. It's like, oh, but nobody really cares. He didn't have much to do. Another one that's kind of noticeable as far as a cameo appearance is actually Keith David. Keith David, um, he was uh, Agent Keith. He was the... Um, they actually just used his name. But uh, he was actually uh, the detective. He was interrogating the kid. Because once uh, Cable runs out and leaves, they investigate the kid who's controlling him. And they bring him in for an interview. And he's like, question him. That's who he is. So some people might know him from some stuff. Um, they had uh, Noel Gulame. Googling me? Uh, I ain't gonna say your last name. I'm sorry, man. He was a he was one of the guards. Uh, you might know him from um, Fast and Furious as well, I believe. He was uh, I think he was like Vin Diesel's like brother or something in the first one, or like some family member in there. He uh, he played in as well. There's a, there's a few, not like super big names, but yeah, you know, people that you might have seen. James Rode, that's uh, Maggie Lawson. Those two are the ones I'm talking about from Psych. That um, that played just news uh co-host or a news host, uh talking about some shit. Yeah, Lloyd Kaufman, I see him down here too as well. So you did catch him too. So there's just a few, few names. There was a, there was a few here and there sprinkled throughout that um <clears throat> had like small little cameo roles, just little dumb things that he did. Um, they weren't as important. Uh, one thing though, I do wanted to speak on a little bit, just about the idea of this movie and things is that like, do you think their depiction of like, I want to speak about society in particular, the depiction of that is that if that was a real thing, it would just become like a whorehouse and all we would, and all the gamers would do is just do their sick perversions online. I, I believe that would happen, but not. They made it seem like that was the whole point of society. Whereas I think it would just be a small section of society. I think if we really did, people would do more weird stuff. Like they would take somebody and like, oh, they would like farm. And like build a farm and like do things like that. That would just be some guy that they play around with and do outside and something like that. Something simple. Like simple things like that. I don't think... A lot of these people online playing are as disturbed as what we tend to like to make it out to be. This seems to be the stereotype that, oh, it's a bunch of sick fucks who are going to use racial slurs and do all these kind of dumb things and whatever. It's just terrible people online. And I felt like this movie kind of played into that stereotype. I don't think it's a real stereotype. And I was wanting to know what y'all think about it. What do you think? I mean... Do you feel like this is an accurate portrayal of gamers? Or do you think this is like, you know, digging into the stereotype? I feel like that you're 100% wrong. It would be one big massive orgy. uh, Because it's... You just... 
you play a Call of Duty game online with a little kid on the other line, and they are just the foul, this mouth little That's pieces of shit. Though. I'm talking about society. But even that, even if 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 you're taking that, and it's it's the thing. The whole point is they don't know who you are. They don't see you. So if you're taking control of another character, and you're some 12 year old boy, and you're taking control of a chick, first thing you're doing is you're looking at your tits. Next thing you know, it's a big whorehouse. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying it wouldn't happen. I'm saying, though, that I think it would just be a section of it. I'm saying there would be a place people go for it. I think, maybe it's a big section of it. But I think it would be the majority of the section. You think so? <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, don't I think it would like. be a smaller amount that's doing normal things mm-hmm. as opposed to... You ever heard the game Second Life? Yes, I have. So Second Life, basically you go and you make an avatar, you control them, whatever they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I played that game just to see what it was all about, and everything I went to was fucking weird, and they were the weirdest shit I ever seen. And it's like, wow, this is what people get online to do. I'm I'm signing off. Okay, well, what, what are some of the weird shit you've seen that you feel like was that? Just like one thing at least. Uh, basically, like you'd go to they'd have like clubs, and somebody would be basically playing music. Like, so one person's PC is playing music in this club, and it was just like people you could buy different strap-ons and stuff it was the weirdest shit i seen so like i flew out of that club yeah i'm, pretty <laughs> I'm sure. like, like let me go over here same fucking thing i was mm-hmm. like all right i guess this game isn't for me <laughs> <laughs> ryan what about you do you agree or disagree with me i don't know i kind of kind of agree a little bit with both of you I mean, then you agree with me because I feel like <laughs> that my answer is is like both, right? My answer is like there is going to be that sex stuff, but there is going to be. I think the people who's online playing this, if if this turned real, who would be trying to do the normal stuff, would be so turned off by all the weird shit and like you said, the guy building the farm. You're sitting there building the farm, and next thing you know, you got some dude with. The, the dong he paid $8,000 for that drags across the ground and is That's pulling true. up all your crops. And you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm going to go back to playing Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know, that actually Like the people who point. would, who would yeah. do it and try and play normally will be turned off by all the fucking sick people. Yeah, who just like to fuck around and fuck with people. Because, I mean, yeah. people are going to be a lot weirder behind closed doors when you have no clue who they are than they are going to be out in public. Yeah, no, I mean, that's true. I just, I, I thought maybe it would be, a, I, I thought there would be more of a positive. See, this is the thing, though, right? So my experience of playing online and meeting up with randos has actually been fairly positive for the most part, right? I have run into some douchebags, but for the most part, it's not. And then... One of the other points I was making is like if we're even looking at it in Slayer and things like that in those terms. Like you go online into a table. A lot of times you might be in a table with like let's say eight people, 16 people. Every once in a while you get one or two of those guys who are just being loud, obnoxious assholes, right? But the other 14 people, they're not saying anything. They're just chill. They're doing whatever, you know? Uh, A lot of my – like when I was playing Destiny, a lot of times I would just try and find different people. Met some pretty normal, casual guys. Played a lot of games. Like, just a lot of randos. Random people I'm just pulling out to try and get a team of six together to play through a raid. And, like, totally normal stuff. Like, I'm not running into... I I did run into, like, once or twice. I remember once there was a kid who was a little loudmouth. He was actually fairly okay, but... I'm not a big fan of playing with like children. But like, that's, if I run to somebody who's 12, I try to avoid that. You're but. playing in a game with like a set of rules. So the set of rules of the game, like let's say you're playing Call of Duty, your set of rules is the match. Mm. So if you you got a game where there is no rules, you basically do what you want. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Minecraft where there's rules to the whatever. You could do whatever in Minecraft, but you know there's kind of set of rules of what happens with this, that, and the other, mm-hmm. where you're basically controlling another human being and you could do whatever you want. Oh yeah, some freaky shit is gonna go down. Well, I'm, I'm, and that's not even what I'm saying because I agree with you 100 percent about that. I, I just feel like there might be more people than what you suspect that will use that thing, not in the most demented ways, right? That's my argument. It's not that those things would not happen, but I, I do like what you're saying though because I tend to agree. The ones who are doing demented shit would probably drive away the people who are trying to do it. I mean, for, if you're for fun, if you're doing whatever. your dream of building your farm, because I feel like you made that character 100 percent for you. Like if you, well, I don't actually, um, <laughs> I don't want to use a farm, but I'm thinking of like farm sims and other games that you see right. Like if you're doing Facebook that, stuff I like feel that. like there's a group of 13 year olds out there who will purposely go fuck up your farm. 
farm every single fucking day and it's going to be to the point where you're not going to play anymore no and i actually agree with you on that i didn't really think about it in those in that light when i was thinking about this and you make a you make a great point about that because i think there would be a lot of people who would want to use that for just fun like different shit that's not sexually you know oriented but so, if sex is on the table these motherfuckers are using it for sex yeah that's true i mean i mean it's it's a it's a good point um because i mean the slayer stuff i actually think is a great depiction like it's a competitive thing yeah teabag the guy blah 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 playing shit this is not a real thing whatever like i that's pretty spot on with you know, how things go i would say but the society thing, and of course, I'm speaking blindly. So you saying you've experimented with some of this stuff and that's what you've seen, I, I take your word for it more than mine. I'm just going based off of, like you said, yeah, games with rules and things like that. So, yeah, I guess if it was just like an open thing. Like, like Even if you're playing Call of Duty, if there was an option to do anything, there's going to be two guys fucking over in the corner. Like, <laughs> you're gonna fucking team kill them every time but every yeah. time they're gonna, they're be, gonna fucking be fucking in the corner, in the corner. you're gonna be like yep. that'd be pretty Come amazing on, man. Though. That, would, that would be pretty amazing though like just running through Call of Duty is like oh those are two guys fucking and then just <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep going <laughs> that would be pretty great um, but um but just thinking about it I mean yeah I can I can agree with you guys but also I mean the who's to say that something like that wouldn't happen all you would do is just get on a different torrent for something like that i feel like, like, we, like if this like was real a, ryan you would be like the biggest online pimp like you would you would have whores you, that did your your thing for microtransactions that's right ryan cock solid i mean that's right I mean, yeah, I'm doing that right now on the deep web. <laughs> right, so I'm saying you get it in the virtual I love world. This job. You're gonna be like the biggest pimp one. Like, hey, hey, I'm trying to to find some pussy for my character. Oh, you gotta see Ryan. <laughs> Ryan will hook you up. Ryan's got the hook up, man. I mean, I wouldn't say I'd be more like like what uh Rick Rape in that in that movie. I hope you're not but, like but, that guy. What's that? I said, I hope you're not like Rick Rape. <laughs> just was that raping. his name? I think so. I think it was Rick Rape, actually. Let me pull it up right quick. And um, you you know for sure that would be a character's name in a game where anybody could do whatever they wanted. Yes. Yeah. I'm the Raper Man. Which, for those who didn't watch it, there's a character in society they called Rick Rape who the uh, goes after Cable's wife in there. Uh, apparently, one of the people who controls... The character Rick Rape is somebody who likes to do a lot of weird sex stuff, like Patrick so pointed out in Second Life <laughs> with dildo characters. So uh, I'm not see- yeah Rick Rape. That was actually his name. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure there would be somebody like that in that kind of gaming world, but I I agree. With today's technology and with like uh, law enforcement monitoring shit like that, I think it would be more appropriate that you'd find that shit on the deep web. Yeah, but I guess that stuff would be allowed because uh, the, the, the thing about it is you're signing over waivers that allow people full control of your body, and I, they never really got into the specifics of the limitations of that because that would just open up a bigger and bigger box of worms, and this is more of a casual action film. So they weren't going to dive too deep into that. Well, they always made it seem like they were going to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like when the feed cut and your boy was so pissed. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Fuck! Yeah. Threw, his, threw his waffle at threw the television. Waffles, yeah. <laughs> Fucking waffles, god damn it. They didn't show it, but you know he wheelchaired his ass over there, picked it up and ate it. Yeah, he You probably, know he, he did. He definitely did. I hope he did. Yeah, you don't waste food. That's not good, man. There's a lot of things he's wasting. Like even don't him, they sent, they sent like the squad team to his house, and then they never... Show him again after that. Yeah, I don't think he stopped jerking off either. I think he was just still yeah. This this movie had a lot of setups for shit, but with no execution. Yeah, I I would agree with you on that because there's a lot of things that were set up in here that could have been interesting ideas, and it just never really quite did that. They were just kind of kept more to the action pace, just keep things moving towards the end, and the end was really weird. I mean, he just kind of. First of all, the concept of the end of the movie where Cable is just going to walk up. It's like, how, how, how am I going to defeat this guy? He's the richest guy, richer than Bill Gates. Huge house. 
just gonna walk through the front door. <laughs> no, yeah, like you know, I mean, what about all the guards and everything? Like, no, 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 no. Just walk in the front door. And then when they're pitching it, they were like, "Well, how are you gonna combat that?" Well, well, he's gonna have his daughter. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Like it, it was. And he's gonna mind control a group of dancing guys. Yeah, he's gonna mind control a group of dancing guys, and it, it was—it's such a weird thought process. Just like you know, it reminds me of what my brother brought up when we did the Mortal Kombat episode, where Johnny Cage is like, "Guys, I got a plan," and like they don't tell you the plan as you, the viewer. And then when he goes to fight Garo, his plan was a dick punch and then to run away. And, <laughs> and it's kind of like that. Like, oh, my plan? I'm just, just going to walk in the front door and just see what happens. <laughs> I'll fuck everybody up. I'm sure of it. You know? And to say, like, he's the, the I think in one of the interviews, they're like, oh, he's one of the best, like, specimen type. Like, the character, the idea of the character is he's, like, one of the greatest, like, soldiers around. If you put him next to Terry Crews and ask me who's a better like soldier, I'd be like Terry. <laughs> I don't know if I'd pick Gerald Butler for that for that title. <laughs> Even though I mean, look, he has no he, strength. He was he wasn't three hundred. I mean, he was pretty beefcakey in that for sure, and he was doing his damn yeah. thing. So I think they were riding off the coattails of 300, like, come on, this is the badass guy that you right. like, right? Sparta! Well, now he's he gamer! Was, he was <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it just ends in his house, and it's like on a basketball court of all places because it's like Terry Crews is in there bouncing a basketball, like, I guess mind control, but not actually mind control because there's no strings, but there still are some strings. I don't, I don't I, there's, there's things that just aren't explained in the movies bonkers. I mean, if you ain't got shit to do one day and it's like, you want to go down a rabbit hole with it or you're fans of crank and stuff. You just want to see their work. It's not the worst watch. And I don't hate the movie. It's just, there's just so many other better options. Like this is not, you know, anything like, it had the potential to be something cool and special and talking about it. You can talk about different ideas and things like that, that were presented that are kind of cool and concept or at least interesting as like thought experiments. But at the end of the day, it just doesn't really accomplish anything. So, uh, there is one thing I got, uh, let me see here. I do have some interview stuff. Let's see. I had one with draw Butler. I wanted to play. I read the script and I thought, this is so fresh and so different. And I knew that we had a chance to make a movie that was really kick-ass and pretty epic and, and uh, mind-blowing. And at the same time, was going to make you think a bit, you know, about, about gaming and about technology and about morality and about the future and the consequences of the way we're going. The two of them get on so well. I mean, it's crazy because there's a million different ways to view and interpret this story and how to make it and how to film it. And yet they were always so in agreement with the, the, the style and the, and the drama of the piece and, and, and uh, you know, even just the camera shots and angles and where they were going to go with it. Because it really was, there was an, inf you know, an, an infinite amount of possibilities. And they were awesome, and they were fearless, and they will hang on to the back of your speeding truck. They will, you know, hang on wires. They'll jump into explosions. You know, anything for a for a for a good shot. They're like war photographers. So that's just a little bit about it. Like again, the directors jumping and you know explosions and shit, trying to get the shots. And like, find it interesting his description of the script because the script wants to be what he says. I just don't feel like it quite hits it. And I think the the guys are actually talented, like, movie makers. So I, I ain't trying to take a stab at them or anything like that. In fact, this podcast is not about really stabbing anybody, but maybe Uwe Bull. But, <laughs> but uh, like, it just felt like something something was just missing from this movie to make it great. It had potential to be an awesome movie. And it just didn't quite reach that part. I don't think it was missing anything. I think they just put too much into it. Maybe that. Maybe that's what it is, too. They Well, again, yeah. They just put too much into it. If they would have kind of more streamlined the thought process of it and like even made it like a sequel where, like, oh, Society Now. Or, oh, Society First. Then we got Slayers. 
and we dive into more of a deeper look into it. But I don't feel like these are directors that do that though. And that's the, I guess maybe that's the problem because they had a good idea, but they're not ones to really want to do something like, it's kind of the difference between Marvel and DC, right? At the movies where Marvel's more like the fun, there, there's some good story beat elements and stuff in there, but it's more of a fun casual experience where DC wants to give you this philosophical debate between gods and men and things like that, right? And so taking more out, taking some out of this movie and going the lesser route would open it up to be more of a DC type movie, which I don't think would be a bad thing in this case. Everything in here feels like he was trying more for the Marvel vibe, but again, it like he was like even Gerard Butler was saying, "Oh, it could go a thousand different ways." Well, yeah, like there's like a lot of weird ideas in here to take. Like you was you could never get your point across. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the problem with the script is exactly that. So that it can be taken a thousand different ways and a thousand different interpretations. And at the end of the day, nothing really got interpreted. It's just you know, action for action's sake. So, um. But anyways, I, I thought that was just some interesting stuff with it. We can go ahead and rate this movie and, um, yeah, shut it down. So, oh, let me do the IMDb facts first. Uh, almost forgot. I have them pulled up right here. We'll go into them a little bit, and then we will boom. So uh, there's not much, I think, on IMDb. Um he said Michael C. Hall personally recommended actor Sam Witwer for his role after Witwer played Neil Perry in Dexter. Uh, Keith David, who plays a detective in an interrogation scene with Logan Lerman, who's the, the kid who was controlling Cable all the time, he said he also did the voiceover for the Slayers commercials. That doesn't make sense. It does sound like him. Um, I already identified about the news anchors by the psych. That was one of the ones here. The opening montage of time-lapse shots and other scenes of the world where we see ads for cable and or graffiti of Kent Castle overlaid on buildings or walls are mostly taken from Ron Frick's wordless film Baraka in 1992. For example, the shots of the Giza pyramids, India, homeless men sleeping under the bridge, among others, are parts of those shots. So they just kind of took some stock footage. Which I could tell. There was a scene where they show all the different places of the world, like, cheering on. And it's like, you could tell it's just alarmingly stock footage. Like, <laughs> you could, it just completely looks different from everything else the way it's Some shot. of those CG animations, like the, the advertisements that were on the buildings, some of the shots were fucking horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, some look good. It's like, oh, yeah, they did that. And then the other ones, it's like, ooh, that's bad. Yeah. When Simon first plays Cable, you can see him wearing a t-shirt with Crank written on it. Referring to their previous film. Uh, one of the album covers shown in Simon's music library is Antithesis from a Kansas death metal band, Origin. Um, this was before their second Crank movie, actually, I believe. Um, oh, this is Crank High Voltage. I think that's the second one. Um they said they wanted to make the film in 3D, but it was scrapped due to budget limitations. Uh, but there was a 3D release on Blu-ray 3D, which nobody really has. Um, when the character Simon tells Cable he is 17, by the time this movie was released, the actor portraying Simon actually was 17. So that's the last bit of it. <clears throat> so... Uh, anything else you want to add? Or, you know what? In fact, you can add it in at the rating. So, Ryan, I'll go ahead and let you rate this movie first. How many lives lost? Oh, one more thing, too. This film took place in 2034, so it was a future film. So we're, we're getting there, but not there yet. Anyways, Ryan, go ahead. Got to lose a life just to have a life. Well, I try really hard not to knock on this movie, but they were, I mean, I was entertained mildly. There were just a lot of really missed opportunities of, you know, a lot of, like Patrick said, there there was a lot going on. Uh, there were some things that did not need to be there, yeah. especially that fucking dance number. <laughs> I, I, I like the dance number. You can stay there. It's like, oh, God, I wonder whose idea that was. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
retardedly gay. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I don't know. It, it wasn't a whole lot that had me vaguely, like, interested in any of the characters. I mean, a lot of those characters didn't even need to be there, especially that kid. It was really disappointing to where that kid and Cable had no relationship. I think the kid needed to be there, but they needed to do more with him because the whole idea of it is somebody controlling another person, right? But you're right. Like, in the realm of this movie, they could have just taken the kid out. Like, if you edited out the kid, you could still probably fall along with this movie okay. Like, it's almost right. unimportant. I, I sat there throughout the entire movie, you know, just saying out loud, like, okay, if you did that, that would have been better. If you did that, that would have been better. But, you know, not my movie. Stop menstruating. I mean, I would, like I said, I didn't think it was terrible. But it did have a lot of problems. And for me, I lost. At first, I only lost two, but then you reminded me of that fucking dance number. So I gave you three do, times do, down. Do, 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 do. <laughs> or you want to go for four? Do, 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 do. <laughs> we can do this all day. Cock solid. That's right. All right, uh, so you're saying three lives down, Ryan? Yeah. All right, Patrick, what you giving it? So I'm saying with Ryan, like, it started off uh, great. You hear the sweet dreams come on, and you're like, oh, this could be good. And then it's, like, all kind of downhill from there. And every once in a while, they, they perked it up with some titties. Mm-hmm. But then they put in the kid nipples. Yeah. Three, three lives lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the girls who looked a little too young, they were showing their nipples. I'm pretty sure they were of age. but If they want to know how to put in twins in a movie and show their breasts and make it right cruel intentions too man exactly <laughs> uh yeah i feel like the same i feel like uh three lives down is a good a good place for it um uh, that's what i'd say like yeah the action is great uh, a lot of fun stuff there's some fun stuff in here but overall it just doesn't hold up well as a movie and it's just not there's not enough crazy bonker shit for me to um, feel like I can go. Like, see, the crazy bonker shit I liked was like Crank Two, the high voltage, where you've got a weird Godzilla fight in there. You got um, you got him just electrocuting himself to keep himself going the whole time, and like you got him like just doing just over the top nonsense. There's funny scenes, and uh, I think this is actually more in Crank One, where like he's talking to somebody and um, that's speaking in like Japanese and the subtitles show up and then the character stops and like reads the subtitles in the movie. Like, like stuff like that. It's just fun, crazy, silly shit. Like that's cool. Even if the story's not the greatest, fine. It's a fun movie. This didn't really reach that for me. Like I wish it did because there's, there are some things here that I do like. It's just not like, it's not something I'd ever really go back to watch. So um, I'd, I'd say three lives as well. I think we're all in agreement here. Like it's not, it don't, I don't think it deserves a four or five lives. There's some great shots, great action scenes. There's some um, great stuff they did. And I really like like the things I hear about the directors and stuff, the way that they are, which actually I heard they, they broke up. Like they're not working together anymore. Aww. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll ever really see another crank or anything like that. They also did the second Ghost Rider movie too. Um, so I don't know if we'll ever um, see... Maybe, you know, maybe, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I would like to see them take another whack at a movie like that though. I would, I think, I think they could do it. I think it's just, you know, maybe they can get somebody to help with the writing, you know, on something that's a little more complicated. I don't know. Cause they do it all the writing the directing the camera work. So, you know, kudos to them. I mean, those are talented guys, you know? So, but that's, I think where I, uh, where I stand on it there as well. So that's it. Gamer. Uh, it's fun. Um, other than that, we've got losing lives. By the time this comes out, uh, make the devil cry pizza should be out. Uh, check it out. There's a lot of clips on our Instagram. Who's next G E at who's next G E. You go to Sammy Savage at who's next G E on Twitter. Uh, you can find our Facebook. Who's next gaming entertainment. 
Uh, you should be able to find any of those things there on our social media feeds. Um, or go to the website, whosnextgaming.com. They have links to all the social media stuff. And, of course, our YouTube is Who's Next Gaming Entertainment. Uh, you can also just search Gamer Needs Food Badly, and it'll pop right up uh, on uh, YouTube. And you can see all the videos we've done and all the food and stuff like that. Uh, also, our other podcast, Who's Next Podcast. You can check that out as well and uh, see what we're doing over there. We've upgraded our mic, so hopefully the sound sounds a little better. I've got some... Uh, these uh, shock absorbing uh, holders for the mics as well as a new kind of fancy little filter, a pop filter to cover it. Pop, 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 pop. Of course, Ryan can't see it. He's a fucking douchebag. So, you know, that guy just goes around and just buys mics that can't even work for his phone. What a douche. I don't believe it. Are you already talking about the one that you told me to buy? Hey, Ryan. <laughs> we don't want to hear any of that, right? That's it. We're covering you up. <laughs> All right, we out of here.